look how Jesus responded. It is written. That's why if you're going to stay in the place that God has for you, you have to be in the word. That even when you have to wait, you have to tell yourself stuff like this. No, I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. My God has a plan for me. Before I was formed in my mother's womb, he knew me. He had a plan for me, plan to prosper me and not to harm me. Today, I am the righteousness of God. His grace and his mercy are new every morning. I may be in this situation, but I will not move prematurely. If you believe that in the room, will you give God some praise? So if the enemy tried to pressure Jesus, who you think you are? in your life but what is your pressure producing see for Jesus pressure would produce purpose do y'all know right after he defeats this temptation of 40 days is when he goes out and starts performing all the miracles it was almost as if God said I put the potential in you but I have to take you through this period so you can purify yourself and, and know where this is coming from. And right after that, then he starts performing miracles, blind eyes, all this other stuff. But it came after this waiting period. But for Saul, the pressure produced panic. And some of y'all, when y'all get into pressure, you start panicking. When pressure comes to your life, you just start doing stuff. Pastor Mike, why are you going so hard on this right now? Because I don't want anybody in this room to forfeit your forever because you felt pressure and you started panicking. Well, they done gave me a foreclosure notice. I need to go back to selling drugs. Why? The worst they can do is take that house. <laughs> that's the worst they can do. And, and, and at the end of the day, maybe that's the thing that needs to happen so that you can get back to the place of humility because you've only been putting on for the Joneses anyway. You don't, even, you don't even like the house or the boat or anything else. But you think that you are identified by what people think you have. And so you wearing and doing and all this other stuff. And maybe God's trying to bring us back to a place of humility because we started moving in hasty faith. Calling it God, but doing it too quickly. I, yeah, I know. I love it too. <laughs> Look what the panic produced for these guys. First Samuel 13, verse 6. It said because they started panicking because they were in a tight spot and they were hard pressed. Look, it's, they tried to hide in caves, thickets, rocks, holes, and cisterns. What does your fear have you hiding in that doesn't have the ability to cover you? <laughs> Write this point down because some of y'all don't even understand it yet. What you think is protecting your fears is exposing your faith. What you think is protecting your fear is exposing your faith. Get this picture. It's a whole army of people who are in a tight spot and hard pressed. So they look around and say, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? They start panicking. And one dude stands up and says, I know. I have an idea. Let's go as a whole army and hide behind bushes. Let's hide behind a thing that can't cover us. The same way many of you are hiding behind your success at business. And so you're dealing with fear 
but you say, as long as I'm successful, nobody will be able to see it. And you look dumb because everybody can see you, but you think that success is hiding the fear that you have to actually trust God. I'm in your business right now, and this is what you walk around life looking like. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, I'm so faith-filled. God's doing miracles in my life, and I'm still, you know, I'm just trusting God every step of the way. We see you. We see your inconsistencies. We see, we see all of that. But for some reason, you start trying to hide behind things that can't cover you. This is what hasty faith will do. God just said, wait on me, but you hide behind money. Wait on me. But, but oh, oh yeah. see, some of y'all are like, oh, that doesn't make sense. Okay. Thickets, bushes. There's only one of these things that made sense. It said they tried to hide in caves. Okay. Go hide in a cave. I think that would be okay. It still wasn't really protecting them. It just gave them safety. But, but, but when you are standing in a place that you're not supposed to be and you get hard pressed, you start looking at everything as a source of protection for you. And so he said, no, I got an idea. Let's hide in rocks. How do you hide in a rock? Come on, let's be, let's be honest. How do you hide in a rock? I imagine this whole army goes behind this and maybe this could be titled relationships. And what you do, instead of walking in faith, is you hide behind the relationships you're in. Uh-huh. And what you think is that nobody can see you. We see you. We see that you don't actually trust God, but you connect and you make your ways into rooms and do networking so that you can say it's God at the end of it. But it was actually you trying to make it happen. We see you. No, you don't. We still see you. Your heart may not be exposed right now, but we can see your feet out here dangling in places they were never meant to be. And you're standing in places that were never supposed to be where you are. It's because we don't trust that if we wait on God, he'll take care of us. So, so I need y'all to understand why this all happened is because God was a few minutes later than what they expected. There are so many of us in this room that are moving in haste and trying to hide behind things that are never supposed to carry us because God did not come when we told him to. Can I talk real? Most of us are living our lives and it breaks my heart because I, I, I hear the stories of people and they're dealing with the consequences of not waiting on God. They've been hasty. They've been trying to do things their own way. And today, I don't want you to be soft. I don't want you to forfeit everything that God already has planned for you because you could not wait just a few minutes for God to stand up strong and be your defender. For God to stand up strong and be your protector. But you would rather... Hide behind things, try to make people not see you. And then it said they would get in cisterns. And many of you don't know what cisterns are, but it's just a hole. 
not safe. But a lot of people in this Christian walk would rather think they're safe than actually be safe. Think they're safe in a career that you chose and I have a degree for and I've got this and I've got that. And God said, that wasn't me. You didn't even console me about none of that. So you got more degrees than a thermometer, not working in purpose right now. And now you're sitting here thinking that your education is hiding you, but you're so exposed. Your faith has been exposed right now. Um, Guys, I'm stuck. Like real talk. I can't get out of here. You got me there? And what ends up happening is what we've been living in. Watch this. No, no, no. Don't take it off me yet. What we've been living in, we start carrying around. Because I wouldn't trust God. Y'all don't hear me. It stuck to me, my past, where I've been sitting. now become a part of my character because I move too fast now I've gotten new instructions and God says it's time to go I can't even move properly because my past is still has still has still got me here and all I'm saying to you today while I look a plum fool Maybe it's time to stop hiding in things that can't cover you. Maybe it's time for you to wait on God. Somebody say, I'm going to wait on God. Say it again. Say, I'm going to wait on God. Pastor Mike, why are you saying that? Because some of you are hiding in Instagram for identity. You're hiding in money for security. You're hiding in drugs for peace. You're hiding in relationships for love. You're hiding in your children for significance. Oh, you didn't think I was coming for you, soccer mom? Well, little Billy has soccer. And then Sarah, she has ballet and tap because, you know, she gets it from her mom. And then, and then uh, little Trey, he was a wild card. Trey, he's on the math team. And, and what you're doing is you're forfeiting the purpose God put in you. Because you only feel significance when you're doing all of that for them. Uh, let me, I don't know what you're hiding behind right now. But a lot of us are hiding because we won't wait on God. We're moving in haste. And some of you are hiding in education for wisdom. And hiding in your business instead of just being who God created you to be. If the business folded. If the children left you. If the money was gone. If the church closed down, who would you be? I'm going to say it again. If your friends left you, if you no longer had the degrees, if the house was foreclosed on, who would you be? And the sad answer for most of us is because we moved in hasty faith to do things, we would feel like nothing. Even though he called us everything. I'm teaching today. I don't, I don't want you to walk out of here and say, I got crazy faith. And then you just start moving and doing dumb stuff. Because like Saul, it can cost you forever. Okay, Pastor Mike, what are you really trying to say? What do I need to know? My main encouragement is that pressure was not meant to crush you. 
pressure you're feeling was not meant to crush you. It was meant to make you. Let me give you a scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 8. Look at this. This pressure that Saul felt was just supposed to reinforce his trust in God. It was not supposed to make him start making hasty decisions. He was just supposed to be like, well, there's more enemies coming. People are leaving. That means God's about to show up and do something ain't never been done before. Some of y'all are facing situations when the bad reports are coming, when things are happening, you're supposed to stand flat footed and say, you know what? This means that my God shall supply all of my needs. This means that the giant is big, but my God is bigger. It means that this situation will not take me out. But my God will take it out. So the pressure is not supposed to make you fold. And that's why I look at this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And it says we are pressed on every side. By trouble. Pressure's coming. But we are not. Everybody say crushed. You're not crushed. You're still here. We are perplexed. I don't understand it. But I'm not driven to despair. I'm not going. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole of thinking that God has left me and I need to stay in this place. It says we are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not. I came to give somebody an, uh, an infusion today that when you wait on God and things seem like they're moving past you and it seems like the pressure's trying to force you to make a decision and you're already in a tight spot, you need to be reminded of this scripture that I can be pressed, but I will not be crushed. The same pressure can come to two different objects. And one, if I use pressure, will be crushed. And the other, if I use pressure, will produce. Many times God puts you in situations of pressure to get what he put in you out of you. And depending on how you look at the divorce, depending on how you look at the layoff it's the same pressure but one pressure crushes the exterior but the other pressure starts producing something that others are supposed to be nourished by see the reason pressure is because there was going to be oil that came out of the reason that the reason that you were pressured is because it was supposed to give somebody else nourishment to believe this produced nothing, but this produced everything. The pressure that Saul felt was supposed to deepen his trust in God. Which would have required him to have an anointing to stay in that place. And the pressure would have produced more oil in his life. But instead. We remember Saul like this. Something that was crushed under the pressure. Thrown away. And hopefully recycled. To be used again in a better form. So what happens when God's looking at your kids and saying they can't use them no more? Hopefully the seeds of their kids won't fold under the pressure.
Maybe they won't move hasty and get crushed under the pressure, but maybe they'll wait on me and they will produce something. What are you saying, Pastor Mike? That it's time for everybody to realize that the only thing that comes out of you in pressure is what was already put in you. Now watch. The whole children of Israel's army, they were moving in. Everybody say fear. And you're like, well, Pastor Mike, if, if that was a full Coke bottle, when you crushed it, stuff would have came out of it. Yeah. Artificial things. Y'all don't want me to preach it here. Things that were put in this by somebody who didn't care about how it affected others. But there was also seeds put in this. That if this got put into pressure and accidentally a seed popped on the ground and it fell in the right soil, that this wouldn't just produce one grape, two grapes, three grapes, but we would get a whole orchard out of the seed that was pressed and crushed for all of us. Somebody just needs to give God praise right here. That this pressure, this pressure, no, no, come on. This pressure that you've been in, it's about to produce for you. It's about to give somebody else nourishment. It's about to produce. Hasty faith will forfeit what God wants you to have for forever. So I'm going to give you my last point. Because some of y'all feel like this. Look how ugly this is. Look, look, look how broken and tattered this looks. But look how much nourishment and look how much quenching has happened. Because God could put you in a situation with pressure. And you would stay until he came. Saul had just a few more minutes to wait on God. Just a few. And I don't know what the timetable is for you. But some of y'all just have one more year at that job. Just one. Some of y'all only have one more month. In that situation that's broken. Some of y'all only have one more day. I'm declaring by this time tomorrow. That there's some of y'all situations. No, some of, nobody got faith to believe me. But some of y'all situation is turning around tomorrow. But I will not move in haste. Because the pressure is on. What are you saying, Pastor Mike? If you don't understand anything else I say, remember this. Hasty faith is just faith too fast. Hasty faith is faith too fast. It's still faith. Like... To get off the starting line, it still takes faith to run the race. It still takes faith. Saul still had to have faith that when he offered the burnt offering himself, that maybe God was going to take it. He just did the right thing in the wrong time. Just stay with me, stay with me. The right thing at the wrong time is a curse. And many of you Get so hung up on be like, well, I did what God said at the wrong time. 
I, I, I did. I did what he told me at the wrong time. And the right thing for Saul was to offer the burnt offering. But he was supposed to do it with Samuel. And the Bible says over and over, he did it himself. A clear sign that you're being hasty is that you're doing it yourself. I'm coming for you. That's why we started B groups. It's because it's hard to be hasty when you have to take people with you. Like when you're the only one who knows what you and God made a deal about, you can break that promise at any time. And the only person you be like, you, you know my heart, you know my heart. Come on. But when you get in community and, and you say, I really feel like God's told me I'm not supposed to date this entire year. And so I just need y'all to hold me accountable for that. And then it's January. I'm like, I know he from God. God has blessed me. He has blessed me with him. Look at him. He's an angel, a cherub. And then one of your friends says, but hey, remember in October when you say you're not supposed to date anybody. But I think God answered my prayer. I think he. No, 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 no. That was pressure. All that was was pressure. To see. To see what you was going to do. Was you going to crush and be hasty? Or were you going to stay and wait? And I don't know what your situation is. But I want to encourage you. That if you've been moving in hasty faith. Take, take heart. It's still faith. So you have the raw ingredients. To do the things that will please God. The problem is you're just doing it. In the wrong time. I don't know who this message is for today, and I don't know who it will apply for tomorrow. Because some of y'all sitting here right now and be like, why is Pastor Mike going so hard on this? And tomorrow, you're going to be given an opportunity. And so maybe this is, this is, this is preemptive for some of you. Maybe for some of you, this is, this is a forecast. So that you can know how to handle when the pressure comes. I'll tell you a real story. When I was about 24 years old, many of you know that my background is in music production. And uh, this major record company, I'll leave them nameless, they flew me up to New York for two weeks to do showcases for Bad Boy and Diddy and Universal Records and all this other stuff. At 23 or 24 years old, I was 29th floor in Times Square, Madison Square Garden. Everything was paid for. I was producing. I was living the dream. They loved all the music. They loved everything that I was doing. I flew back home and they offered me a six-figure contract at 24 years old to come to New York, move to New York, and produce for them for one year. I could have taken the perspective, this is God. But I had the presence of mind to pray. And when I went to prayer, this is exactly what the Holy Spirit told me. He said, if you go, you will be successful. But I'll take my hand off of what you're doing. Now, listen, he wasn't trying to scare me. He was trying to warn me because he saw this. He wasn't trying to scare me. He just had a plan that was better than the money. He had a plan that was better than my dream being fulfilled. He had a plan that would produce fruit for somebody else. 
So I didn't even tell Nat at the time we was about to get married. She would have had her dream dream wedding. So I, I didn't even tell her. <laughs> Sorry, babe. Uh, but I knew, watch this, depending on who you tell and what timing, that'll give you more pressure. So in that moment, I knew that I had to just say no to something. That I had no guarantee on the other side. If you would have told me people around the world would know who I was and it wasn't for music, I would have told you you were lying. But God. He's the author and the finisher. He's the alpha and the omega. That means when he started it, he already saw the finish for you. So when he's telling you to wait, somebody needs to hear me. When he's telling you not to move in haste. Because he sees what's up ahead. Today, if you're in this room and you know you've made any moves in haste in the past, let's just go in the past year. I want you to stand and I want you to lift your hands all over this place. I want to pray for you. I believe there is an anointing in this place. Yeah, it's not for everybody. It's for those of you who feel like this. This is a repenting moment right now. If you've done anything, said anything, gone in haste. Not waiting on God, but trying to make it happen for yourself. Could you just lift your hands? This is a sign that says, I surrender. In your house right now. In your, not in your car. Just keep your hands on the wheel in the car. But wherever you are, come on, lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you. That here we are and we're saying we repent. Forgive us for the Saul spirit in us that won't wait on you. Forgive us for being hasty and moving, Father God, out of the timing that you have for us. Today we make a fresh commitment. Come on, you say it out of your mouth. I make a fresh commitment to you, God, to wait on you. Father, I thank you that those who have decisions to make even today, even tomorrow, even text message and emails waiting for them right now. God, I thank you, Father, that they would not move by the pressure and being in a tight spot. But I thank you that they would stand flat-footed and know that the God of the universe is fighting their battles and is on their side. And God, I thank you that we would move in crazy faith. But it takes the same amount of faith to wait that it does, Father God, to move without you. So, Father, I'm thanking you that we will hear your voice and a stranger we will not listen to. Your word said, my sheep know my voice and a stranger we will not listen to. Father, I thank you that this church will become ones who listen and obey in the timing that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Hey, lift it right there with your eyes still closed and your head still bowed. If you're in this room and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this is the moment. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. And what better moment than in this thing where everybody's here for the same reason to see Jesus lifted up. That you would make a decision that's going to take crazy faith. That, that, that's not, that's not going to happen because of everybody else doing it but this is a decision that you're making you're saying i'm taking my trust out of me and i'm putting it back in you it's the greatest decision i ever made it took me from being a liar addicted to pornography a bad person on the inside of my heart not to a perfect man but a progressing man and i want that for you i want that for your family and i want that for everybody that's connected to you on the count of three we're going to raise our hand if that's you because we're about to pray for you 
And if you're in this room, I see hands going up in the back right now. If that's you and you're saying, Pastor, include me in that prayer. I just want you to raise your hand right now. One, two, three. If that's you, I see you, sir. I see you, ma'am. I see you. I see you. I see you. And more importantly, God sees you online. God sees you. Come on, we're a family at Transformation Church right now. So would everybody just bow your head and close your eyes and say this with me? Because nobody prays alone here. It's a family. Say, God, thank you for sending Jesus just for me. Today, I put crazy faith in you. I believe you lived, you died, and you rose again just for me. So today, take over. Change me. Renew me. Transform me. I'm yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Can we celebrate with a dozen? Oh, come on.